0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. Twenty-one plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington D.C.
1: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Network.
2: This is all things elite. Come back to all things elite, load up the pod, in the song when we speak Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd Couldn't be no one but the boys When it come to all things elite from the fan perspective Swear, man, it ain't no question, hear from the first Swear, man, they putting in the work, no, they had to get me for the verse Social suplex network zone. I was at a time in your headphones Austin and Floyd on the microphone Backing out on the red, getting in the zone, oh. Up the show, give us seven stars. You already know who else could it be? But the show with the proclivity for a positivity. I'm gone.
3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 207th episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to all things elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show, and I am joined with me with me as always as my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson. We both are back from all out weekend from Chicago, Illinois. He was there for Starcast and all that fun jazz. I drove in the day of the show. Floyd, I mean, how'd you enjoy your weekend?
2: Dude, so like we're at Wednesday right now, so I'll say the last like 20 days of my life have been the busiest 20 days in existence. I'd say uh, six, two, a little over two weeks ago, 16 days ago, I had never been out of the country and I had just gotten my passport. Now I've been to London, back, and then Chicago, back. I worked in Chicago, yep. hung with Tyler. I will tell you, like I am looking forward to this weekend of doing nothing but sitting and watching football. That's all I'm going to do uh, college and then, uh, professional. I am looking forward to it, but yes, I had a great time last weekend. I, I was like, I'm with Tyler and you know, I love hanging with Tyler. He's one of my favorite people on the earth, but I was Exhausted. I was so tired. Sure. I hadn't got like, I didn't feel like I had gotten one really good period of sleep in a while. And, uh, I I'd slept on airports. It just felt like everything I was getting was like an hour or two or whatever. And then I was sleeping in a different bed, so I wasn't sleeping well. So I want to shout out to everyone that works in in, in these industries where you have to travel a lot. I am one of those people when I was younger, I said, you know, I can't wait to get older and see the world. I hope I travel all the time. You know, I didn't know what I was talking about. Cause once you do it, you the getting up, the anxiety of getting through uh getting through airport and security, getting on a plane, sitting on a plane if there's a delay, all that kind of stuff, it just builds. And you don't realize it's building until you get finally get to a point and you sit down and you then you don't want to move and then you realize in 30 minutes you have to get up and do something else so but i have to say the wrestling gods were with me eight flights yeah. eight flights eight flights in uh a little over uh a little under two weeks not one delayed flight not worked one out time, beautifully for you. Not one time did I not get where I needed to go. Not one misconnection, not one overnight stay in the airport. I mean, I'm saying this now because it's over, but how fortunate that was. I mean, that doesn't happen. I see travel issues all the time on Twitter and all that stuff, and my heart's with all those people. But the fact that I went eight for eight with no travel issues, I'm like, oh, you know what? Even one flight. Did something that never happens. Left early. Everybody checked in, and everybody that was going to be on the flight was on the flight. We left twenty minutes early. I didn't even hey. know you could. I didn't even know you could do that. But apparently, when everybody checks in and they all get sat down, they'll squeeze you in and get you there early. So no, uh, I had a really good time. But yes, it was great hanging with Tyler. It was great seeing all the people. Uh, you know, all the people that I see every year uh the Hills group, uh, you know, Michelle and J- uh Jay uh I I messed up his name, sorry. But uh the Schwabs, uh seeing Hoop, seeing Chrissy, all the people that uh work in Starcast and for AEW. It's always good seeing my people. Uh, and then I got to meet Journey. Uh she's my friend on uh Twitter. I we actually passed each other at uh, FTR, uh Dax's what would be one of Dax's last podcasts when he did or his uh, live podcast he did in L.A. But we didn't really get to talk. So we got to talk, say hi to each other. It was really cool. And yeah. And then a big thing happened this weekend <laughs> that we've already covered. And we're not really going to talk. We're not talking about on the show. We're not a show that's never going to bring up the name CM Punk or Phil Brooks ever. That's not what we're doing. But uh, my thing is, we're going to, I mean, me and Austin have decided we're going to move forward, uh, get back to being positive, which is what we do. And so that is, if you don't hear it, it's not like uh, we've made some kind of mandate. It's just, unless it's pertinent to the conversation that we're talking about, we're not going to bring it up. So, uh, yeah. So,
3: yeah. I've, no. I've, fr- I've quite fr- frankly already talked about it. I even did a show with my friend Ryan, uh, his podcast, The Job Guys. I did a show where he wanted to just straight up talk to me about it for 38 minutes. I talked about CM Punk. Um, I've said everything I need to say. Yeah. Um, once again, I, I want to look at it at the positive side of things. Twitter is burning down constantly, so much so that Hangman has to go full full teacher mode and tell y'all to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Um, like, I've got nothing to say, and I just want to focus on the good things and focus on the wrestling, like I've said over and over and over again. This is. So, crazy. I've still got all my CM Punk stuff. I haven't, like, done the full SpongeBob SquarePants, like, thing where Patchy the Pirate's, like, pulling away. I've got to get rid of all my Punk stuff. All of it. All of it. All of it. I'm not I, – I didn't do any of that because I don't feel the need to. Um, But I just don't feel the need to talk about it on a podcast because I've said everything. I will – Enjoy my memories and look back on them fondly. But I want to look towards the future of AEW because that's the thing that interests me the most right now. Because pro wrestling, at the end of the day, I love more than anything in the world. And I want to talk about that.
2: Yes, exactly. And that's what I was just getting to. It's just... I've said it before and it's the closest thing to negative I'll get. Just know this. Just know this. Grown people. Male, female... Uh, the non-identifying, whatever they are, don't need you to defend them. Like these people that work on TV, if they feel the need to defend themselves, they would, you know, defend themselves. But you don't need to get online and get mad at someone for who they like or anything like that. It's it's just unnecessary.
3: And trust me, your favorite wrestler doesn't like it when you do that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that's like- simple don't 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 be a bully be a star no i'm just kidding
3: (laughs) they need to start running those ad campaigns again i don't know why they stopped doing them because clearly people haven't been a star for a while uh yeah but regardless yeah we got a lot to talk about of course we came back from all out weekend uh we're gonna talk about the pay-per-view which straight up dude was so good and i had so much fun um and we're going to talk about Dynamite, which just finished airing uh, as we are recording this episode. Um, but first, a couple things. One, the Lions are beating the, the Chiefs today, the way, when you guys are hearing this. I just want you guys to know that. The spread is dropping. Travis Kelsey is probably not going to play. Chris Jones, I know, is not going to play. Lions are going to win. We start 1-0. Chiefs start 0-0. 0-1. Just want to point that out there. And we're going to move on from that. But I'm going to make sure we get all of our shilling out of the way uh, before we get into the news of the week. Uh, make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, or whenever you listen to us on, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And leave a rating and a review. And you can follow us on Twitter at at Elite Pod. You can also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great shows on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Honestly, we already covered in our last episode. So if you want to li- listen to the news of the week and our thoughts on that, you can listen to our other episode.
2: Uh, oh, I didn't change the news of the week. Yeah. Well, oh, again, yeah.
3: we we it was, it's basically exactly like we we know what the news of the week is. Oh no, like, I
2: said. Oh no, I, I, I change it to just AEW All Out preview. I mean review. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> it's to be yeah, destroyed. which is
3: what we're gonna is what we're gonna get into right now. Yeah. Uh, just talking about All Out. Um, so, um, there, there is one thing I will mention. I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you, uh, yet what, since we got back. But, um, uh, so if people haven't looked at my social media stuff, I did wear a CM Punk hockey Jersey at least like, cause I bought it. I wanted to wear it at a show and I never got the chance to until it showed up. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm still wearing the Jersey. Um, I don't know if I told you this while, I, while, while, I saw you, but, as I was walking into the arena, there was a guy who saw me and told me, "Hey, man, they took my CM Punk sign." Like claiming, I don't know if they did or not. Honestly,
2: um, there was a lot of fake rumors going around for that show. Hey, but you remember us in this, both wearing CM Punk theme shirts? Apparently, we were supposed to turn them inside out at some point. That I wasn't was, true either, boys. I no one like, said a eh, word to me. No one said a word to me.
3: Yeah, stop spreading fake shit. But. The guy was like, They took my sign. We gotta take over. We gotta let these people hear it. We gotta take over the show. He says all this to me, and I just go, Dude, I don't wanna do that. I wanna enjoy the show. I paid money to come see the show. I'm gonna enjoy the show. I don't wanna I don't wanna take part in any of that. To which he then tells me, You're not a true CM Punk fan. <laughs> Floyd, uh, do you do you wanna weigh in on that? Am I am I? Why Because this guy doesn't seem to think so. Even uh, though I was wearing a hundred twenty-plus-dollar hockey jersey of the motherfucker, apparently I'm not a true fan, though. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Weird. I don't. I don't remember CM Punk getting on social. See, we're bringing him up again, but I don't remember him getting on social media and being like, uh. Hey, take over. I don't. I don't remember that being a thing. I
3: it's, just brought it up just because it was a fun story that I know I didn't no, tell you.
2: Uh, no, the it's the thing funny. I wanted to mention, it's and hilarious. it was and it led
3: to my experience. It was my experience, at least, that started off yeah. when I walked to the United Center, and I was just yeah. like, "Oh, this could be a long
2: night." Yeah, oh no. So it's funny. So okay. Well, since we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about this. I'll tell you something funny online. I'm in mini wrestling groups, so. The rumors started popping up that you had to turn your shirt inside out if you were a CM Punk fan. So I lit up and said, I am here, and me and my one of my friends is wearing a CM Punk shirt. And that I come... You know me. I roll deep at these shows. I know a oh, lot yeah. of people at these shows. And I was like, I've had 30 friends in different sections here that I've asked about this. And, you know, 30 people... Not one person has saw or heard of what you're talking about. And they're like... And this dude's like, there's people out there with proof. And I put, show me the proof. Show me the proof where someone made them turn their shirt inside out. I just thought,
3: Pete, someone has proof. I'm
2: here! I'm here. And I'm just like, man, I I now understand how fake news and shit works. Because I'm literally here telling you that this doesn't exist. And this dude is still like, well, everybody's experience is different. That's true. Everybody's experience is different. I know enough people at these events, workers, everyone at these events, right? I know enough Mm -hmm. people where I have pretty much like got an insight into the experience no matter where you're sitting. I know people Mm -hmm. up in the 300s, the 200s, the 100s. And I'm saying out of 30 people, not one person said they either either had to turn their shirt inside out or heard of anyone trying to turn their shirt inside out. Yeah. And so you know what that means? No one had to turn their shirt inside out. Someone made it up, produced proof, quote uh, air quote proof, Put their shirt on inside out and said someone made them do it. That's it, yep. so they can get attention. But no, this wasn't the thing. Calm, calm the hell. Yes, out. they were taking the signs. They were taking the signs at a uh, at collision. WWE takes signs they don't want seen at their shows. And Every also, they didn't does. get all.
3: They didn't get all of them. They didn't get all of them because there was a sign that said Tony Khan just cured cancer, but they spelled Khan's last name wrong. Dumbass. Yes. So.
2: No, and uh, what is it? Uh, oh yes, my friend had one she made, and it said "By Philicia. It was pretty funny. Oh, that was that was your
1: friend? I yes, saw that one. That's
2: Amy. She was from the Hills group, and uh, yeah, "By Philicia. I thought that was hilarious. I oh, actually it was great plan It was a I, great plan I, I, I had to share it with a few of my friends. Uh, like, yes, that was a good one. But you know, again, it was part of the weekend Uh, i mean unfortunately i mean it was part of the weekend and it was it was funny because i put out on my social media that you know because i'm wearing pink and black all cmftr stuff and i'm like i just want to let you know my friends i am not making any type of sign or point these are all the clothes i have (laughs) it's like this is it. Meanwhile,
3: I was wearing the <laughs> physical embodiment of a kick me sign.
2: Yes. And it was like, these are, these are all the clothes I have. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I plan what I'm wearing before I come to the event. But yes, it was, it was interesting to see it happen and to see how fake news works. Because if you know me, I have my social media Facebook messenger group. And yes. then I'll have my The Club And if you want to argue or discuss in those closed settings, I'm good. Look at my Twitter. I don't get involved on Twitter. I don't reply. I don't retweet. I don't like. I don't do any of that stuff on Twitter because. Mm I don't know the people that I'm arguing with. I like discussing stuff with my friends because I know when the discussion's over, it's over. Whether we disagree with each other, agree with each other, it's over. We don't hate each other. We don't want each other to die. <laughs> it's just, oh, we discuss, we disagree, we move on. We discuss, we agree, and we move on. That's why I don't get in Twitter. I'm like That is why my name is FTR Express on Twitter and no one comes at me for the most part because I don't get involved in that shit. Dex Dex and cash are grown ass men they don't need me stepping in front of them like Mm -hmm. no if they feel something needs to be addressed they will address it so i will say that uh, i'll forever but let's yes we got a lot to review
3: let's we got a lot to review yes again Mm -hmm. and we said we weren't going to talk about it i literally was just mentioning a funny thing that happened to me as i walked into the arena i honestly like i said that's it all right, if you expect anything more on the matter, I'm, I'm not bothering, okay? So we're going to go ahead and get into uh, All Out. out. Um, I'm going to kind of blow by uh, most of the uh, uh, zero-hour matches relatively quickly, I would say. Uh, first, the over-budget bat- charity Battle Royal, where the winner gave would get $50,000 to give to a charity of their choice. Um, straight up. Literally, I'm watching the people come out, and I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I'm, I'm getting hype and stuff like that. And then I hear Hangman's music, and then I just literally said to myself, gee, I wonder who's winning this match.
2: He's the king and of the battle Literally, Ronaldo.
3: Yeah, just literally exactly what I said. I was just like, I, I, I have no idea. Um, match was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, best part, honestly, was the fact that I got to see Sean Spears back, which was amazing. And him and, uh, uh, him and Daniel Garcia doing their 10 uh, dance-off, amazing. And also, the fact that fucking Daniel Garcia gets eliminated and proceeds to do his stupid hip-thrusting dance up the ramp after he's been eliminated, so amazing. And the fact that I watched the show back and they filmed him doing it, too. Like, that was the spot of the entire match, straight up. But Hangman won, and he gave uh, his $50,000 to the Chicago Public Education Fund, considering he's a former teacher. Shouts out to him. And he mentioned that also on Dynamite this past night, saying, you uh, teachers, they're underpaid, underappreciated. We love you, teachers. Absolutely. I'm right there alongside him. Fuck yeah.
2: Yeah, teachers and stuff. No, I mean, they're like, yeah. That's just like fun. Though. Saying it teachers was a cool don't make money. Teachers, teachers being broke and all that stuff just seems like, yeah. I was like forever. I've I, I, always said this before, a little tidbit in me. That's what I wanted to be after I left right. high school. I was like, man, I want to be a teacher. Then I saw how much they made.
3: <laughs> you
2: can't yeah teacher. no 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 unless
3: you somehow become a wrestler mm-hmm. like Hangman.
2: no 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 they don't make anything it is a labor absolute labor of love and i was like I, I i like stuff so that's why it didn't work out yeah. <laughs> all right but yeah it was a fun match
3: though to start things off i just wanted to mention the that the uh trios match uh i loved it because athena was absolutely i loved seeing athena uh, this match was a little bit rough around the edges, I would say, but it was at least cool to see all these girls, at least on the show. Uh, the baby faces got the win. Off uh, of Sky Blue getting the win. Uh, seeing her in her Chicago gear was super cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was a rough... I would say, like, technically, it was a bit rough, but overall, it was just fun to see these girls. Uh, and all of them, I feel like, have a lot of bright futures if AEW proceeds to book them properly, I would
2: say. My favorite was... Uh uh, what well, Athena? She was like, uh, "You suck, you suck." We're talking to her team partners, and then she went to tag, and they both bounced. And I was like,
3: "Oh, oh yeah, no, like, that was when Willow came in. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like, I'm gonna turn around and tag them down." So yeah. shout out Billy Starks. She's yeah. adorable, and I love her to death. I just have to mention that, like, because I know she was out to the out uh, ringside she's for a, Athena's match.
2: She's one of the few wrestlers you're older than. I know it's it's a weird
3: thing. It's a weird thing. Yeah, like, but uh, she's yeah. adorable, and I think she's, I think she's lovely.
2: Yes,
3: but yeah, and then finally, the trios championship match uh, between the acclaimed Jay versus Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Satnam Singh. My boy Sanjay Dutt with the Detroit Pistons jersey representation inside the United Center. Isaiah Thomas, fuck Michael Jordan forever in this household. Speak on it. Speak on it. Straight up. That man out here not letting Isaiah Thomas be on the dream team because he's a petty son of a bitch. Fuck that man forever. Straight up. Uh, uh, I, it's it's we're proclivity for positivity. But it's fuck fuck Michael Jordan every day. LeBron James
2: the GOAT. Damn right. Okay, now you got me in. I was like, uh <laughs> Now yeah, hey, whoa. He's like, oh you, you had me at LeBron James. <laughs>
3: That's how I had to get you back on
2: my side. No, no, no. You were uh, like, I
3: don't really have anything to say about the pistons, LeBron James, oh you picked your head up immediately.
2: Dennis Rodman. He was very happy oh, to be he was very happy to be in front of people, but he did not give a fuck about what they wanted him to do. Not even a little oh, bit. God. Not even a well, little I mean, bit. He did,
3: he- I will. I will say, despite that, though, it was he did do a good he did do a good guitar spot with the shot Uh, on Jeff.
2: Don't get me wrong. It was just like it was funny seeing Billy Gunn trying to direct him, like do this, do this. Oh my god, yeah,
0: just (laughs) moving him across the side. (laughs) Yes,
2: yes, it was hilarious to me because it's like everybody knew what you were getting with Dennis Robin, so it was like. What are you gonna yeah. tell the like you're gonna tell the worm where and where
3: when to go? Like you're gonna try to like like direct yeah. the worm. Yes. Can't, was- they, like, trust me, it's not it's not possible. Like you don't you don't try to do that. No,
2: it's it was it was hilarious them trying to wrangle him. And yes. that's the best way I, word I can use is them trying to wrangle him just like. Pretty much, yeah. Yes. But it
3: was it was, it was was very funny. Uh, the scissor spot with all of them was something that I have saved in my phone forever. I will keep that forever. It's so stupid that I have that. Um, but, yeah, uh, claimed one. It was silly. I honestly think the best part of the match was Sanjay Dutt wearing the goddamn Pistons jersey. I was so gassed.
2: I literally was like Detroit basketball. No, see, see, I think the best part was the fact that uh, Dennis Rodman hits Sunday with the guitar, and it was supposed to happen behind the referee's back. Oh, but yeah, but Dennis Rodman, totally thought. but Dennis Rodman wouldn't leave. <laughs> yeah, and he's just holding, he's just holding the scraps of the guitar. Yeah, and Billy Gunn is like telling them. Like Billy Gunn is like, get out really? of the ring. Yeah, get out of the ring. Nope, screw that. I'm soaking up this moment. Damn it, I don't get this that often anymore. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was hilarious at because it was exactly what you like. If you if everything went off right with Dennis Rodman, I would have kind of been disappointed. Right. No. Yeah. No. It's gotta be a bit of a mess. Yes. It's Dennis Rodman. He doesn't listen. He feel that he, Phil Jackson couldn't tell him what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no, it's hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny.
3: All right. All right. Now we get to the main show, which opened with Better Than You, Bebe, versus Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. I will tell you what, right now, dude. John Silver was a damn good heel in this match. Like out of all the members of the Dark Order uh, that have been heel in this recent run, I thought Uno was the best. Yeah. John Silver did a damn good job healing it up against an over ass tag team like better than you baby. Um they were I got they,
2: they, they were exactly what was needed.
3: Yes, exactly. And consider and c- like considering the fact that they did this good performance, like I hope the Dark Order gets more consistent time because like I said, Uno has been vicious as a heel. The way that they, he went after Hangman was vicious. I thought he tore him a new asshole. Uh, and I love John Silver. Reynolds continues to just be a great base, like just like you know backbone for uh, the Dark Order. And um, I think just the way that they're going about it too uh, is very good. Uh, of course, Better Than Ubebe over like Rover. They had Michael jordan design T-shirts uh, as well with the double clothesline on the back, which was very cool. Um, at one point, MJF gets hit with a chair into his neck, and he's on the floor, and his neck is all messed up, and he has to go to the back while Adam Cole has to defend himself one-on-two, two-on-one against uh, Dark Order. But eventually, MJF comes back, holding onto his neck, fighting through comes to help out uh, Adam Cole and eventually he's able to hit the kangaroo kick. They hit the double clothesline and they get the victory and uh, Adam Cole and MJF retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Uh, this
2: was a fun,
3: really fun, good match to open up uh, the main show. I was uh,
2: I was super shocked when MJF came back. I was like, man, that's not gonna happen. Now it's kidding. Uh yeah. no, uh no, it was a very, very fun match. I honestly can say there wasn't one match I didn't like on the show, but this one was uh really fun. MJF, it's hilarious because he is doing all the babyface like tropes. Like like you know, like playing to the crowd and getting people to cheer stuff, and it's hilarious because it's just he's so good at it. And it's just like, he's almost as good at being a bad, good guy as he is at being a bad guy. And it's, like I said, hilarious to me. It's like how this, this man... He, You know, when people talk about being a phenom at wrestling, I mean, he is every bit that word.
3: I never thought, dude, that a babyface uh, MJF would work. I never thought it would work. And the fact that he has turned it by still being a dick... But being a lovable dick. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it'd be possible, but he's doing it, dude. I mean, like, he keeps saying he's a generational talent. He's a generational talent. Like, I, I seriously, dude, MJF is outstanding. I can't get enough of this.
2: Yeah, you're not supposed to be this good at everything this young. Yeah,
3: exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, this is great. This then immediately led into Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor as. MJF and uh, Adam Cole were still walking back up the ramp when Samoa Joe comes out to make his entrance. And then a little bit of history for your ass. Many years ago, in NXT, a young 19-year-old, unknown MJF was doing extra work for NXT. And the NXT champion Samoa Joe came out of his locker room and shh, a young Maxwell into the wall. He does it again as he comes down the ramp in the United Center. But this isn't the same Maxwell. This Maxwell is better than you and you know it. And this Maxwell is the AEW world champion. This Maxwell has gone through hell and high water against some outstanding opponents like Cody Rhodes, like CM Punk, like so many great talents. Chris Jericho as well. Samoa Joe. Brushes him off like he's nothing once again. But MJF is going to fight back. He immediately jumps into the ring and starts going after Samoa Joe. After Adam Cole tries to hold him back. They start brawling. Security separates them. And then they get taken to the back. That's when Shane Taylor comes out. Um, Straight up, dude. The the brawl was the best part of this match. And I don't mean to be rude on that. Uh, These two men were big men. Beating the hell out of each other. A little but, bit of a prelude of something that would happen later in the night. But it but, wasn't uh, meat. It wasn't meat. But it wasn't meat. Meat. It yeah. was, it was, It was a little raw, unfortunately. It wasn't exactly what we wanted. Uh, but it was still solid. But Shane Taylor is a guy that is underrated but isn't at that level for AEW fans to really buy into them. Buy into him, at least. Uh, and like I said, people were so gassed about the, uh, the brawl between him and MJF. That when Shane Taylor came out, it just felt like kind of things like simmered down a lot. So this this match was there. It was enjoyable. They didn't do anything wrong. Joe's outstanding. Uh Shane Taylor is underrated, I would still say. But um yeah, it was this match was basically there be, so we could get the ball rolling for MJF versus Samoa Joe, which I'm so fucking excited for.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be exceptional. Uh, it's gonna be, be a good use of Samoa Joe. Uh, I don't want to skip over Shane Taylor. Let me, let me. No, give yeah. Him, let me give him his moment. It was kind of cool. He made a pay per view. I don't know is when he first started with if when he first started with uh, RO, Tony Khan's ROH and how he was used if anybody ever saw this man being on a pay-per-view, you know, that kind of thing. He really wasn't. Right, right, right. He wasn't featured like he was in Ring of Honor before. So they did a good job of building up this match. And, you know, I think he, you know, he did. If they would have followed Wardlow and uh, Miro and kind of saw what everybody wanted, I think they would have killed. But it was just like, this is a, this is, this felt like an AEW audience. It felt like an AEW energy. And it was just like, yeah. And, you know, they made they made something happen, which is what AEW fans do sometimes. So this match wasn't that. It was good. It wasn't that. Right. No, for sure.
3: But we move on. Next match was the TNT Championship match between Luchasaurus and Darby Allin with Christian Cage backing up as well. First off, another thing I want to mention, I thought it was really cool the way that AEW was, like, mixing up the commentary booth as the show was going on. The consistent people that were on the entire way were Nigel McGuinness and uh, Excalibur, of course, Uh, but then, like, it was opened up earlier on, and they had... uh, uh, bu- 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 uh, later on the show, they had Taz. Kevin Kelly was on early on. Jim Ross came in at this point for the TNT Championship match. I loved how they mixed it up as the show went along. The only person who wasn't on there, surprisingly, was Tony Schiavone, I would say, which was a bit of a surprise. He wasn't on the show uh, at
2: all. Uh no, from yeah. what I saw no, I don't believe he was. They weren't doing a lot of like the big announcements of the when the changes were made, so I didn't know if he was on or not. I just
3: No, in fact the person the person who announced that uh what uh, Hangman was donating his 50,000 to was uh Nigel McGuinness, so
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I
3: wonder what happened. I don't know, but uh. it was just an interesting thing I noticed. I did like how they it changed it up though as the show went along. For how long these shows tend to be and getting different commentators out there, especially since they're considering how many commentators they have hired. I like seeing all of them get, be able to get used on pay-per-views, so that way they get a payday. Uh, but uh, this TNT Championship match, dear God Darby Allen got tossed around. Like, he got absolutely swung around, busted open. Uh, Christian Cage was just m- marching orders to Luchasaurus. Uh, at one point, Nick Wayne, after uh, Luchasaurus had steps onto Darby's back, and then proceeded to just walk on top of the steps. Nick Wayne is there watching, um, and like I said, Luchasaurus is getting the absolute uh, take, taking everything and kicking the crap out of Darby Allen. But he keeps fighting back, and there's a point where what we thought was going to happen was that Nick Wayne was going to throw in the towel. Christian Cage literally offers a towel to Nick Wayne. But eventually, though, he flies out of the ring and hits Christian. And then Darby continues to set it up, though, as he looks like he's going to get it uh, happening. Christian Cage, though, hits Nick Wayne with a chair and starts beating up on Nick Wayne, which distracts Darby. And then Luchasaurus proceeds to take him, tombstone him twice, and then clock him in the back of the head. And he gets the pinfall, retains the TNT Championship, and Christian Cage immediately gets in there. Looks like he's going to hit a concerto onto uh, Darby Allen. Nick Wayne is being held back. And then the locker room comes basically in to stop that from happening. So, and Darby is just basically, he has to get carried out of there. So, So, this
2: was. So, Sean, Sean Spears was one of the people that came out. And it was funny, I was with somebody, and they was like, oh, I think he came out just because they were using a chair, and that's his thing. I laughed. I laughed when they said that. Mean,
3: I mean, in a sense, like I feel like in order <laughs> to use a chair, you have to talk to the chairman.
2: Yeah, you like, gotta talk to the chairman. He has to give you the seal of approval, but it was just hilarious. I was like, I didn't even think of that. But he was like, he didn't come out to save Darby. He was really upset that yeah. you know, he was still in his gimmick. <laughs> no, Exactly. Uh, no, uh, Luchasaurus, to me... I mean, other people might have different opinions. Probably look the best I've ever seen Luchasaurus look. I mean, yeah. just like as the vicious guy. I mean, and thing, Luchasaurus
3: like, looks cool. He looks cool when he's doing a lot of his like crazy kicks and stuff like that and the moves that he can do when he's a baby face. But like, just, I mean, Darby makes big men look like big men. Yeah, yes. Big.
2: It, it's one of the best things about Darby. It's one of the things that came around. It's just like, He's the underdog in every match he's in. He's yeah. the smaller person in every match he's in. And he does such a great job of telling that story of, you know, babyface in peril. And it's just like he doesn't... nobody sell-
3: And nobody sells like
2: him, too. Yeah. He sells like he's going to die. He's like genuine concern for him if he's okay. You know, and, you know, he's really great at it. And it was just... This is like one of those... I, like, I love this match because it just spotlighted what Darby could do for someone. You know what I mean? Nobody's oh, yeah. like like going out and saying Luchasaurus is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. But in this match, he looked like one of the best wrestlers ever. Straight up, dude. And again, Darby continues to be like my
3: favorite AEW wrestler. Like AEW specific wrestler. Like the guy who started in AEW. Like, There's a reason why out of everybody in the Pillars... And I is a legit pillar of this company. Yeah. From, like I said, from, from that match with Cody Rhodes, that time limit draw at Fighter Fest, like he has been my favorite. Like he won me over in one night. I didn't know who he was. One match, I'm like, there's my favorite right there.
2: Yeah, I will tell you if you did not know this, he he is my favorite pillar, and my pillars are MJF, Darby, Sammy Guevara, and Britt.
3: Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I was literally going through Twitter and fucking Daniel Garcia. So people follow Daniel Garcia Well, either – I don't know if he's at the hotel or if he's viewing outside of the the stadium. But there are people who see him through the window and they're doing the fucking dance. And he tweeted out a video of fans just doing his dance at him. Oh, my God. I love this. I'm sorry. I, I completely cut you off. I'm sending you this
2: now. They were doing his (laughs) dance at him? They were
3: doing his dance at him.
2: (laughs) I'm sending... This is the
3: funniest shit. Oh, my God. Don't even have hips. They don't even have hips. Oh, my God. That is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I just sent it to you, Flood, if you're interested. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just... it It literally was tweeted a minute ago, and it's the...
2: That is so funny. (laughs) It's a movement. Oh my god, they cannot dance. (laughs) This is No they can't. This is uh This is uncomfortable. This is this is is bad. They're doing so bad, it's so funny. Oh my god. It is Yes, like not one of them has a hip motion at all. It's just That's what I'm saying it's yeah. literally just like your it's literally like your pelvis is just like stuck. It's like they're standing there and just moving their arms up and down. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, I don't the, one in the, the the one in front is like the worst. Like <laughs> oh, I know, <laughs> and he knows he's the worst because he's
3: the one who got in front.
2: Yes, no, he's no. Like
3: had to have him see.
2: Yes, I need. So. You- I need you to see me. I I need you to see me, uh, Daniel. This is for you. This is for you, Daniel. This is for you. (laughs) This is for you.
3: It is a movement, though. Uh, No. but Yeah. Moving on, though. Anything you wanted to say, though, lastly, about the derby match? Uh, No, I'm good. Okay. Now, this is a special match. Miro (laughs) versus Powerhouse Hobbs. What... (laughs) <laughs> i mean this match became a different beast okay this match, this match became something completely different than what anybody else thought it would be a match with a little bit of story going into it became something
2: no so something i will else. say this it was exactly what everybody thought it would be but we were just like okay. there was a demand for it more than anything yes and that's what it was uh yeah, because it started off like a regular match, and they started slapping each other, and then up from the top, I heard it start. It's like, so this guy that was behind us was trying to get it started from the very beginning. He was like, he 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 was like, "Meat Mania, Meat Forever." He was just chanting, and everybody's like looking at him weird. But about five minutes into the match, I people just started. So, so what y'all heard was this man doing work. Do the work. Shout out to Cody Rhodes for that statement, because this man did the work. Because he just kept chanting, and kept chanting, and then people started chanting with him. And he was like, oh, and then all of a sudden, meat, meat, meat. And I'm like, I'll start chanting, because, you know, my favorite match. I even said, I ever get rich, I am doing, uh, I'm doing a Meat Man tournament at uh, at a WrestleMania weekend where I'm just gonna get the biggest guys I can go and they just gonna beat the shit out of each other, cause that's big man, big, big a meaty man buff and meat. And I would have to get Big E to uh, host it because uh, oh, exactly. If, you know, there's, ever,
3: if there's if
2: there's you
3: get Big E to host,
2: yes, because so I was like this thing, this match was over because of a joke. Or a thing Mickey did like two or three years ago at this point. A meme. Oh, and... I think it
3: was even longer than that. Yes. I think it was even longer than that. Yeah. Like straight up. And like my I while we were watching the match and the, the, the meat chance really started to gain momentum. Um me and Cindy clearly could see Miro just like peek a little smirk on his face, like a like a smile, and he's, like almost kind of giggling to himself. Yes. I straight up believe, and this is my conspiracy theory, I think they added another 10 minutes to this match just so they can feed into the meat chance.
2: Oh. Because. Dude, I. Yeah, I. I think this match was hot and they went with it. And I think. Yeah. Uh, very much Miro called the audible. I mean, I think. Uh, I think Will Hobbs is very much a uh, veteran enough to pull this off, but it seemed like if you were kind of watching. The watching it closely it looked like Miro was like oh we got him and let's do let's go and then they just literally they stopped wrestling at that point they just started just moving meat moving, chops you know, yes suplexes and all that stuff and I was like I want the moment every- I knew
3: that they were like I'm gonna keep going with this was then when he did like the old, like almost like the fella cross chops over the ropes like Miro did that yeah. as he just started meat, meat. Meat, yes. meat, and then, the, like, again, all the chance in the world slap that meat and then meet forever. Holy
2: meat! Yes. Uh, that, was every, that big, was every big person wrestler that is going to do big matches needed to watch this match. And listen, when you have two people that look like Miro and you have and Will Hobbs wrestling, this is all we want. We don't want to see that you could do a hurricane rana. We don't want to see That's the thing too, it's like
3: people people are always of the mindset of oh AEW fans, they just want garbage indie wrestling and like backyard flipping gymnastics and uh, trash cans over people's heads and people <laughs> bleeding all over. Nobody no, 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 no. wanted that no. in this match. Everybody wanted In this wants... match, you give us exactly what you advertise, which is exactly what we've said. Two big men with big chests bumping meat. Yes. That's all we need, and these guys knocked it out of the park. Like straight up, like when people were asking me, like, "What was your favorite match?" and I was just like, "Dog, I'm just tempted to just straight up say Miro Hobbs just because of
2: the meat. Like it was too, it was too fucking good. As as it was happening, our
3: asses off.
2: As it was happening, and as I was watching it, um, I was like, "This is gonna be my match of the night." Then another match. Oh yeah, came and kind of just like went on a whole nother level that I was that I should I was expecting honestly, and uh, but yes, this match was amazing. I mean, shout out to Big Hobbs, shout out to Miro. I I mean, personally, the wrong guy won, but based on what happened after the match, which Austin will tell you about, it ended up being the right decision.
3: Right. So, eventually, Hobbs taps out, hit with the game over. Then, regardless of the fact, they shake shake hands. Literally, uh, what's the name of the movie? The fucking big muscle arms handshake thing. Yes. That they tweeted out. I can't think of the movie
2: name. Uh. Was it? They... Uh, uh, was it over the top. Over the top, I think it was. Yes.
3: Yeah. They do that whole moment, and it's beautiful. Uh, but eventually, though, Hobbs jumps uh Miro behind the back and starts beating him down, and then eventually, see Perry. Also known as Lana, comes out with a steel chair, hits Hobbs, who then looks over at CJ, and then eventually Miro grabs the chair, knocks it into Hobbs' head, and CJ starts walking towards uh, Miro, and he starts backing away. Because he had said, though, like he'd basically given up his ways. So he wouldn't, he would not embrace CJ. And he, 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 he kept
2: saying, she, You're not real. You don't You're exist. Not real. You don't exist. You're not real. It was amazing. Uh and guess what? She has no name. Her name is hot and flexible. <laughs> That's what hot her name is. Hot and flexible. Hot and flexible. That's amazing. Uh her signing or I don't I don't know if she's officially signed, but her being on AEW is great. Uh I mean I mean like being realistic, there's a kind of a hole in collision right now. So they're going to need to try to fill that hole with as many different names and stars they can to get people to not just turn the TV on uh, college football. So, yeah, bringing her and what they're going to be doing with Miro and if Will House has something to do with it, adds a very interesting storyline to collisions on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. And shout out to the Meat t-shirt that's already dropped. Okay. Uh, I felt like it needed a picture of Meat on it. Like whether Either, that, it says, either or, that,
3: or it needed a picture of the handshake, and then it just says meat.
2: Yes, because I will tell you, I was like, if it had a big 72-ounce steak on it and said meat, or a whole bunch of steaks on it and said meat, it would be an automatic buy, right? I would yeah. have bought it already. Straight up. Now, I might wait a week. I'm going to buy it, but I might I, wait a week But here's the deal.
3: I don't think this is going to be the only one. I think they made this one so quickly because of it being out of nowhere. I'm expecting hobbs
2: and miro and more big men to just start running with the meat shit dude and, uh, dude if they do i even said they should do a, a tournament between um uh, a, a tournament between uh grand slam and full gear with nothing but people over six foot like 250 pounds like beating the crap out of each other and then the winner gets mocked at full gear That I was like, or they could get like a, or
3: or they could get basically the equivalent of a super heavyweight
2: championship. That's just the meat, the meat title. See, I didn't want another belt because I was like, you know, Mox is is a a big dude, and uh, no, but I was like, dude, if you want to do it right, I'm talking, I'm all about bringing it in, Have it sponsored by Omaha Steaks, (laughs) and then the winner gets lifetime steaks, and then a shot at John Moxley. Boom, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Fair no, enough. no, yeah. go go all the way in. Don't, no, don't. That's the whole thing is people stop halfway, and that's when it's corny. When you yes. go all the way all in, way. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. That's We're, when it becomes iconic. Yeah, that's when it becomes iconic. You just got to just do everything about it. Just like have yeah. a like, referee wearing a big meat uh, r- referee shirt. Go all the way in. Like, if you're going to do it, go all the way in. Make it Absolutely. completely your own.
3: Moving on, the TBS Championship match, Chris Statler and Ruby Soho. God, I felt bad for these girls. Like, this wasn't even a match where, like, honestly, this match was booked in the right position. But just no one could have expected the way that that match beforehand would become, like, a completely different level of meat. Uh, So, the crowd was definitely worn out. Um, That being said, Chris and Ruby did a really good job. Um, I did really like the way that they performed. Uh, I loved the the way that Soraya was being used on the outside and the way that she was interacting with fans and I thought that was really good uh, eventually though as uh, Ruby Soho hits the no future and destination unknown uh, she, it gets a near fall but then Soraya proceeds to grab her spray paint and then Tony storm crawling out from under the ring takes the can and then just starts kind of looking off in the distance and spraying the can around and like walking into it like it's like it's like uh, perfume or something like that and she's just in 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 a gaze and then Statlander hits the Sunday Night Fever, pins Ruby Soho to retain the TBS Championship and Soraya is pissed and Ruby Soho is just absolutely distraught you know, she it keeps me. getting opportunities but she just keeps coming up short uh, yeah, and on yeah. Dynamite straight up uh, uh Tony Storm wouldn't acknowledge it, she's like what are you talking about? What what spray paint? I don't. Nothing's coming to mind. I I never did a part with spray paint, like you know, going full act, actress of the stage. Like I there's I've done so many parts. I can't remember one about a spray paint can. I don't know anything about that. Well, uh, but this this was this was solid, I will say. But goddamn it, dude, the meat match. Like I mean, it it there was overshad- nothing. There was nothing they could do. It you
2: know overshadowed what? a lot. It was like it was even though the people around us, uh, you know, uh. The heel section was in it, and they were doing everything they can to, you know, uh, get everybody, you know, cheering and everything. But yeah, people were literally still talking about the meat match. It had nothing to do with the women. But again, like this. Yeah, you would... you
3: agree with me, right? This was the right place for this match. Yeah, to be, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Because you would think that like the, I am... the Miro and Hobbs match would be like kind of a chill spot, and then like yeah, the Dude. the Lana debut would be huge. But other than that, like it would the match itself was seemed to be like just a basic big man match. But then the meat chance just went a
2: insane. I am still like I am historically like, uh, very much that Tony Khan puts the women's matches in literally the worst places ever. That Today, this wasn't it. This was a great place for the match to be. Miro and Hobbs stole the show. They did what they're supposed to do. They went out there and they made the best best of their time. And then this match was solid. It was a solid match. Don't get me wrong. It's just, unfortunately, people were distracted. But, uh, yeah, I was like, it kind of needs a moment. I feel like the women's division needs a moment. Whether it's Monet even if whether it's a Monet moment or if it's Cargill coming back or something, it, the women's division needs a shot in the arm, and I don't know what it is. I, I, you know, I, I am a very some I'm a creative person. I generally come up with some fairly good wrestling ideas that people like. I don't know what the women's division needs. Okay. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I like think, said, I think, I, 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 I think, I, I, Athena is what the women's division needs. I That's think I, see. I think she's developed her character enough on ROH to where it's ready for you know uh Dynamite and, uh Dynamite Rampage and Collision and I think it's a very like a character that you're drawn to. So I I do think it's ready for her to graduate at this point. I, I mean obviously maybe they don't think it too, but I just think she's I think Athena's the best version of herself right now. So yeah, I, I would spotlight her as much as I could. Because she is she plays a n- terrible person very, very well.
3: Yeah, straight up. But moving on. The no disqualification strap match between Absolute Ricky Starks and the American Dragon Danielson. Now... We're all pretty certain that this match was supposed to be CM Punk and Ricky Starks. We're, already, we're pretty sure about that. Um, the, the American Dragon comes out. And he comes out to the final countdown for a second time. First time since Forbidden Door 2. And someone made the joke to me that seems like they took the CM Punk contract money and put it towards getting the final, comeback, final, final countdown back. And I was like, you know what? That is money well spent. I lost my shit when the final countdown started playing. I was like, oh, my God. I was so gassed, and these guys beat the hell out of each other. This match was vicious. I was, like, just absolutely grimacing. The way they beat the hell out of each other. Danielson bleeding on one side of his face pretty much through all of it. And... Ricky healing it up, doing amazing stuff. The American – I mean, the, I mean, Ricky, the Dragon but watching this match and then proceeding to get Big Bill off of the uh, map and knocking him down and knocking down Big Bill. Um, yeah, this was my match of the night. I thought this match was absolutely incredible, and it's even more incredible considering the fact that Danielson mentioned on the presser after the show – that like he had a little behind the scenes magic because his his arm was still like wrapped he still had like a sort of a cast on his arm from the Okada match and he made the statement like I didn't throw a single punch with that arm and I was just like oh my god that's that's insane and I literally I thought back to as the match kept going on I was like is this really going to be better than his match with Okada cuz I mean like I I I still try to you know, give the match with Okada the benefit of the doubt because of the injury and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, obviously, it wasn't what it could have been. This match straight up was another level. I, it might be close to being one of my matches. It might be my match of the year, honestly. If, if I'm if I'm thinking about it more and more, I think it might be my match of the year. Uh, the only thing that might become it, it's, it's going to be between that and Omega Osprey, I feel like it, at Forbidden Door. I think it's going to be between those. I'm going to have to decide, but Holy shit, this match was so good.
2: Yeah, um, this match was great. And it just felt like another star-making performance for Ricky Starks. And it's just like, you keep hearing, this is the star-making performance. This is the star-making performance. But you keep wondering, you know, like, you know, when, when are they going to, you know, try to treat him like a star? Felt like he should have won that match. Uh, felt like he could have should have won that match. I know he wasn't. But it's just like, dude, come on. We need Ricky to have a big win. And no, it was it was fun. I like that he didn't tap out. I uh, love that, that you couldn't make him tap out. He passed out. That was cool. Lots of blood everywhere. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, Brian Danielson, I hear from people that I respect, like highly respect, consider to say, Brian Danielson, might be the best american professional wrestler ever right you know what this match did nothing to, to say they're wrong it it has done nothing to make oh like you're wrong no he is this man is exceptional the fact that he did it without one arm the fact that you honestly unless you were paying close attention you really couldn't even tell this man was hurt he no straight up nah, nah, so This dude is just exceptional on a level that I don't think anybody will ever reach. It's like you want to be like, hey, I want to be like this person. You're like, I want to be like Brian Danielson. I'm like, shoot lower, kid. You know, because that dude is, you know, that dude makes everything work. You know, I, you know, and it was just everything he did in this match was amazing. I thought, I thought this match for both of them. Uh, I thought Ricky looked strong in the loss. which, what you know? What he needed to do was look strong in the loss, and I thought that was perfectly uh, done. Well, he look came out looking like he could have beat him if it was maybe a regular match or some kind of thing. And then Big Bill, Big Bill as his heavy, that worked too. It was just like this match just worked on like every level. It was still, for personally, you know, I am a. You know, p- people have told you that I've been very open about how like the no DQ street fight matches have kind of wore on me. So this was not my match of the night. You know, the regular wrestling match was my match. My of the night. thing with that,
3: though, is Man. I felt like I felt just like from a because that's the thing is like, you know, from a one on one selling perspective, because that's the thing I feel like, you know, you can do all the hard spots and stuff like that. But when you can just present the emotion. Yeah. of the pain that you're going through. And that's the thing with Danielson. It's like I said, the way he sells and the way that this man like just goes through hell and high water to keep fighting to win. I don't know, man. It just, it, it felt different. And I, and I, I've agreed with you on the fact that like, you know, the BCC and the levels of their like, you know, hardcore wrestling matches and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Like I said, the amount of matches we got with BCC members and this kind of stuff that it's been too much. It has been too, too, too much. But even still, I felt this one had a different element to it and it made it way more entertaining for me. And it was like, it was so fucking good. It was so good. Um, but moving on, we had Ed and Shibata. He had the new Japan strong Openweight champion in K- Kingston and ring of honor, pure champion, Katsuyori, Shibata versus ring of honor, world champion, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. Um, this match was fine. Honestly, I was slightly disappointed by it a little bit. I thought there was definitely some solid spots in there. Maybe I was a- coming down a little bit from uh, the previous match. But I think more so out of all of this, though, watching this match, it just it makes me itch. It makes me absolutely itch for when we get Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli in a singles match. Because that's what I want more than anything, honestly. Getting these guys... Finally to get a singles match is what I want so bad. It wasn't a bad match. It was a good match, but it wasn't one that I honestly have too many uh, huge uh, memories of, honestly, just thinking back on it. Other than the fact of when Yuta got like clocked by Shibata and died. Yes. like Shibata just clocked him across the side of the head and Yuta dropped. And I was just like, he killed him. He just killed him right there. Shibata killed another person. Add him to the list. Like that's the only thing that really sticks in my head from the uh, from the match. But regardless, uh, Claudio uh, ends up pinning Eddie Kingston and gets the win for Blackpool Combat Club. Um, and again, it just gives me the like the want and the push towards the uh, singles match between those two because that's what I want the the hatred for these two men. This is the feud that I want to see get like actual time and actual like TV time for segments and promo battles and set up for a blow up. Blow off match. It's what I want so bad.
2: Yes, uh Tony Khan said screwed to me. He said screw you and you retired of Blackpool Combat Club. I'm going to give you all the Blackpool Combat Club tonight. And I thought this match kicked ass. I mean, it wasn't going to meet it, it wasn't going to beat the meat, uh but it, it it was very physical, very violent. I love the way uh I love the way that uh Eddie Kingston sees wrestling and likes to tell his story. I the whole idea that Claudio it's not that Claudio is scared of Eddie Kingston he's not he doesn't respect Eddie Kingston. He doesn't want to wrestle Eddie Kingston cuz he doesn't respect him. He'll fight Eddie Kingston, but he doesn't respect him as a wrestler. He thinks he's trash. And the fact that all only uh, uh Eddie Kingston no matter what he's done, everything he's accomplished in wrestling, nothing means anything until he beats Claudio. And that that like that story. No one had to tell you that Excalibur didn't have to break it down. They tell this. They've told this story physically. They've told this story, you know, through it. And I just thought it was brilliantly done. And, they, and just like you said, I need him to wrestle. I need him to wrestle uh, Claudio. And it's like that's where you want people at. That's where you want. That's when wrestling is great. When you need a matchup, and that's and this is. It's great. They've done it perfectly. I can't get mad at them. It's like, you need Claudio to lose to Eddie Kingston. No one else at this point can beat Eddie Kingston. and if I mean, beat uh, Claudio, and it'd be satisfying in any way. And you don't want Kingston to get his first pinfall in a, a tag match. You don't want him to get his first pinfall over Claudio in like a four-way match. You want it to be for the title. You know, and it's like, I think that's really awesome. I think they've done this story really well and it's and this is an ROH story and it's like it is such a good story. I want to you know, I wanted to play out on like Dynamite Rampage or at one of the pay-per-views, but you know, rightfully so, it should be at Final Battle cuz, you know, you know, that's it's an ROH uh rivalry. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, so. No, it's been great. No, it's been great. Bravo to how they've told this story from the beginning to where they are now. Right. Next up,
3: the cleaner, Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, This match was absolutely fantastic. It was just fantastic. Takeshita, quite possibly with his best match in AEW, Kenny Omega continuing to just, like do amazing shit there was a point though uh, early in the match where t- where it looked like Kenny Omega got dropped straight on his head and it terrified the fuck out of me um, I thought like it would look um, but regardless of the fact these guys went after each other it was so good the way that Takeshita was throwing V triggers of his own too I loved um, and the avalanche blue thunderbomb was amazing Like blue thunderbomb is one of my favorite moves I loved when he did the haluva kick into the blue thunder bomb, and you heard the ole ole chance. Shouts out to my boy El Generico, um, and yeah, no, these guys beat the hell out of each other, and eventually, it looks like one winged angel is up. and Takeshita had a screwdriver that uh, Kenny Omega dodged from Don Callis. T- uh, Takeshita had the screwdriver, but Paul Turner takes it takes it out of his hands. But then at that point, though, Takesta takes his knee pad down and then hits a knee strike that just knocks Omega to the ground and pins Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega continuing to not be able to stop Don Cal- Don Callis and his family. And someone made the joke to me where it was like, Young Bucks are back to doing tag team feuds. Uh
1: Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
3: Back in singles feuds, and Kenny Omega's back on a losing streak. We're back to year one of AEW, everybody. Let's go. Uh, I thought that was a funny comment someone made. <laughs> yes. But this match was out. That match, this ending, uh, it's Takesh's best match in AEW by Country Mile. Uh, I'm so happy for Takeshi. I want to see him continue to get better and better. And Kenny Omega, dude, like this dude is just so good every single time. He just, every time he delivers.
2: Like, you knew this is what they could do. You do do know with the time and everything, this is what they could do. And it was exceptional in like every way. And it was was perfect. It was the right person went over. You know, that kind of thing. And it, it was like, after I saw that, after it went over, I was like, after I saw him went over, I was like, "Yeah, Takesha deserves tonight to be his night," and they didn't need to yes. uh, do like any of the other people because if any of the other people, it kind of takes away from the shine that Takeshi deserves on this one. This is this is like perfect. It was great match. Um, like I, I I can't like not enough adjectives in this world to really describe how good this match was. <laughs> It was like, and you know what the weird part is? You could tell they left something on the table. You could yeah. tell they left something on the table. You could tell there's another match. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, you could tell that there's a, another great match here for them to do. And that just, like, gets me excited. I don't know when they're going to do it, but there is another level for them to hit. There is a match where you could I could see Kenny winning. There's a match where I could see Takestra winning again. Uh there's another match. And that excites me more than anything is that there is another match coming between these uh people and it's gonna be uh, great. It's gonna be like freaking magical. And uh this match, uh I don't know I don't I, I know I don't do the star thing a lot so don't get me wrong when i say this i don't know if this was five stars but if you said four seven five i'm like yep i'm right there with you you know this
3: i I I thought for a second it was going to be my uh i definitely thought for a second it was going to be my uh my match of the night that's what one of the things i first said but then i kept going back to that strap match and i was just like oh my god dude it's just like i can't i can't get past it honestly
2: it's so good yeah no uh I couldn't fault you. If you like this match uh or uh if you like this match or Daniel Bryan uh Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson the best, I I don't have an argument. I just I think they were both I think they were both exceptional matches and I think we had two exceptional matches. One really great match. I don't think there was a bad match on the show. Uh ultimately I, I you know, this was like aew doing what aew does best uh every now and then they have these little hiccups in these moments where um you know people doubt whether they can be aew and then they come out and they put on a show like this this is why they're my preferred company they do professional wrestling the way i want professional wrestling done they uh put the you know the shine on the right people at the right time I, and I just thought this, I thought this was a great show. Uh, if you look at like cage match and all this stuff, I, I don't do that personally, but I have friends that uh, subscribe to cage uh, cage match and looking at the ratings to get a general consensus of what everybody thought on the show. Uh, just rate it as like either number three or four of the highest rated shows in AEW history. So yeah. And it's like, I've said this before, and I will say it again. When it comes to pay-per-views, TK don't miss. I no. mean, I can literally buy a Dude, I, t-
3: t- I told you man, I felt man. like the, like with the weird vibe this show had and with the fact that it was seven days uh, after the biggest pay-per-view in wrestling history, I was like, I don't agree with this placement at all. The fact that he wants to do the same placement for it next year, I still don't agree with it. But, dude, this show absolutely over-delivered. It absolutely over-delivered.
2: T.K. When it comes to this, simply put, the man does not miss. He he just doesn't. I mean, say what you want about you know whatever you want. This man does not miss some pay-per-views. He realizes that you are parting with your money, and he makes it very well worth it.
3: Yeah. And then I blacked out for the next twenty minutes. There, I, I, I'm i I'm told there was a match that took place after Kenny's match. Um, I just remember like Kenny's match finishes, like twenty minutes of my life blacked out. I don't remember a goddamn thing, and then it was the main event. So I I I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing that happened in this uh, in this match. Apparently, it was an eight man tag. I, I don't remember anything about it. So Floyd,
2: yes. So next up, the match that I'm looking was looking most forward to when you know. I bought the tickets and all that stuff to the show. My boys, FTR, and the Young Bucks. I mean, actually, they're both my boys. Again, two favorite tag teams ever, if I have not made that very clear. Uh, and they were going up against the person I was with, Mr. Tyler Ballman's team, the uh, the Bullet Club Gold, Jay J, uh, J White, Switchblade Jay White. Rock hard! Juice Robinson and the Guns probably have the best entrance in wrestling. Yes. You know, they come out and, dude, so I want to get a shout out to Lauren May. I doubt she ever listens to this show or even knows it exists. She's in the Hills Group. She had this Austin Gun, like, Gun Club jersey, number 31 gun across. She designed and had it printed out, you know, and I just thought, I saw the jersey when uh, when I originally saw her ad. I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna ask her where she got that, so I could get it." And then I found out it was custom made, so it came from her brain. So I definitely wanted to give that a shout out because, uh, yeah, now you know me, I'm all about my custom shit. You got all the shoes and all the stuff that I get done, I'm all about custom shit. So when I see somebody's brain, you know, you know, you know, something that came up in their brain and it comes out. And it comes out that awesome. I always want to give them a shout out. But uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Great match. Uh, There was a lot of different things. There was uh, the sharpshooters. Then they were switching up moves. Uh, First of all, I want to uh, shout out to Cash and Dax. uh, Throwing up the X on the way out. And then when Dax was about to hit the VTE trigger, uh, uh, Nick said, VTE trigger. I think it was Nick or was it Matt? I don't know.
3: It was, I believe it was Matt. Yeah, I, but actually, it was I don't Matt. know because I blacked out.
2: <laughs> yes. So it's a VTE trigger, and then uh, Dax looks at his watch like it was clobbering time, and then they double did the double knee. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the finish came where there was a bunch of confusion, and Jay White hit cash with the sw- uh, the God, Blade dude, Runner. Blade Runner. God damn it. If you would have asked me like five seconds ago with no not needing to know, I would have been like, oh, it's Blade Runner. But when this moment when I needed to pull it, it wouldn't come to me. And hits, gets the one, two, three. Uh, yeah, this was a, let me tell you. I am, I wouldn't even say this. I'm all about fun. I'm all about excitement. I hate random eight man tags. I hate them. Hate them hate him i did many many years of wwe dealing with it you four guys against you four guys absolutely hate them. this was amazing this was like four on four they had multiple stories to tell jay white stayed protected and looking like one of the best singles wrestlers ever uh, Dax and Cash did their thing. Young Bucks got their shine. The guns looked amazing, and, and the guns are like it, Austin says stuff every now and then. That you know, like you know, he's very annoying, but it's it, it, it's even more annoying than it's true. And he said, um, "What did he say?" He said, "He's like, dude, we're only three years in." Like when I, when you say three years in, you know, you think, "Oh man, they did the Indies and stuff." No. Colton has been wrestling three years and six months. That's it. I think Austin's right at four or five or whatever. That's it. And as a tag team, they've been together three years. And they're at the level that they're at right now. And, like, I know wrestling doesn't work like this. Sometimes an act gets to where they are and never gets better. But if they keep improving, keep evolving... You know, the sky's the limit when it comes to this thing. This is how they are without three years. They both have that natural charisma. Austin Gunn, I mean, the Bullet Club Gold is the role that he was meant to play. You know, this is it. I mean, it was like, you always saw that charisma. You always saw the energy. You always saw a little bit of the it factor. But it, it was out of place. You know, even when they were alone, when they were with their dad, it was out of place. This is the place for it. The Bullet Club Gold is the place for it. It accentuates everything they do. This match, they don't ever look out of place. They looked right there with all uh, the other six in this match. Great match. I Man, I really thought this was good. Uh, it, it far outweighed my expectations. And yeah, Bullet Club Gold won. So Tyler was super happy about it. He's like, I'm not going to rub it in. I was like, were the titles on the line? he was like, well, no. And I was like, well, yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> it's like, whatever. And like, no, uh, title wasn't on the line. So I was like, I'm cool. But FTR showed up, showed out. The Young Bucks showed up, showed out. I was very proud to be a fan of both. And Bullet Club Gold, honestly, if Bullet Club Gold was on the other show, they would be my favorite group. You know me, you know my personality. You know how I am about bad guy factions. You know how I am about being loud and enthusiastic. If they were going up against anybody but FTR, I'm rooting for Billy Glove Gold. It's just solid showing, solid match. uh yeah, uh, yeah, Nick and Matt. So it's one of those things where we, you know we've decided not to talk about you know what we talk about. They have not gotten that memo. <laughs> they have not gotten that memo. They did everything to piss Cal uh, uh, Chicago off that they could. Uh, they probably pissed my co-host off very much.
3: No, because here's the deal too. It's honest to God. Like I make the joke that I blacked out for the 20 minutes of this match. Because um, yes, when the Bucks came out, there was a good, por- there was a small, a pretty solid portion of the crowd that were like mad at the Bucks, mad. But also, like, I mean, you could probably uh, agree. You, you'd probably have the same thought. Uh, 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 you'd, have, you'd be able to back me up on this statement, was that any time I think I heard, like, maybe a few times, and then, like, one chant of his name, and then by the time they start the second, like, chant, you just hear, Rah! you just hear, like, an absolute, like, they overtook it. Because I felt like seventy five percent of Chicago were just like we're moving on, we're done with this, and twenty five percent of Chicago was like, no, I hate the Young Bucks, I want to take over, blahdy blah blahdy blah. And straight up, dog, not I wasn't even mad at the Bucks, I was just miserable because I was just sitting there in the, the most volatile crowd. Because especially in our section, there was a lot of you know CM Punk people and all that kind of stuff, and they were screaming at elite fans and stuff like that, and. First of all, I know I can't say anything because I'm wearing a giant-ass CM Punk jersey. If I say anything, I'm going to get the shit knocked out of me. But also, like it's not leading to anything. So it's all pointless, toxic negativity that I don't wish to partake in and I don't want to be a part of and I don't want to be around. Uh, so I was m- not even going to lie,
2: dude. I was miserable throughout this entire match. I was miserable. So I was just there was absolutely a- miserable. There was this guy two rows behind us that I could honestly, uh, um, just judging on his actions, he did not care about the show. He was there to yell "fuck CM Punk." He did it a hundred and fifty, two hundred times through the show. There was not this even other...
3: when the Bucks. It was like throughout the entire show, too. Uh, yeah,
2: there was this other guy that was in the hundred sections to my left, and he literally just he didn't care he's decided i think he decided he wanted to fight somebody so he was just yelling whatever it is he was like see him fired see him laid off it wasn't even like even remotely like intriguing it was literally like it was like it wasn't funny it was just like oh my god shut up that's that's where i was with it oh my god Would you please shut up? And, of course, he did not shut up. So I'm sitting there listening to it. And it's like, I'm not angry because it is what it is. But it was just like the idea that you would try to take over the show. I roll my eyes at that because when you try to take over the show, you're literally taking the enjoyment from people that paid to see the show that uh, brought their family You know, maybe saved up so they could bring their kid to this one show. And you're like, I don't want the show to be about the wrestlers. I don't want the show to be about what's going on in the ring. I don't want these people to have fun. I want it to be about me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at what I'm yelling. And it doesn't matter what the subject was. I know it doesn't matter. It's just that you wanted the moment, you wanted to show that people went back to watch everyone wrestle, and the people in the ring you wanted to be about be about you, and that is what's annoying to me. Not there's a, a lot difference of between. It,
3: there's yeah. a difference between chanting that adds to a show and the chanting that takes away from the show. The yeah. meat chants absolutely. The meat chants it enhanced added to the that show. match. It enhanced it. that match. It made that a match of the night caliber match.
2: Yes. And like the people, all of
3: this, all of this is pointless garbage. Like I said,
2: yeah, I don't, I don't care if you yell at F the Bucks. I don't care what you were yelling. The idea that you were trying to make it about you and not about the performers. That's what annoys me. Like I, I respect wrestling on a level that, you know, not a lot of other people are going to reach. And it's like the fact that you were trying to take the spotlight out of those people that worked all year and worked all that time and traveled all around the country to perform and entertain. And like I said, there's kids in the crowd. There's families in the crowd that might not get to do this all the time. This might have been them saving for months for them to get to the show. And you're trying to make the show about you. I think you suck. That simple. Yeah.
3: And again, like I said, I was just sad and miserable because I was just like, just listen to him. Imagine if we would have just gotten these people into a room to just talk it out and do business. But again, that's Dude, all I'm saying.
2: If we ever, if anybody ever wants to do a podcast outside all things elite, where you th- you you talk about like opportunities, missed and stuff, we can do that. I don't feel our show is the place to do that. No, yeah, like I said, yeah, I've been yeah, enjoying yeah. the
3: entire show. Like
2: yes, so no, but this show no. was amazing. So yeah. uh, let's go move the, on in. Yeah,
3: but yeah. I believe this was your
2: match of the night. No, my match of the night was uh Kenyan to catch. Oh,
3: it was. Okay. I thought this it was because a- I know a lot of yeah. people said this was their main match no, of the night. As no, no, well. this match was main fun. Event, though. This yeah, match ma- was main a- event, yeah. yeah, yeah. The but- international championship, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. Um straight up, dude, like I couldn't be more happy for OC. That's just what this match made me feel like. I felt just so fucking happy for Orange Cassidy because he's ma- he main invented this show. He took that international championship, a title that had some promise but was still relatively new and no one was able to really make you know, make that title feel big yet. Orange Cassidy made the international championship like top tier level stuff for AEW. Like it was so his run was outstanding. The way that Orange Cassidy just absolutely took that title and held on to it and cherished it was spectacular. The Just the growth of him just being so tired and so beat up and so battered throughout every match he had with that championship and eventually getting up to uh, John Moxley. I, the spot of the night for the entire, like, that was one of my favorite Orange Cassidy spots of all time, was him doing his. L- lackadaisical kicks and then he speeds them up and then they are me- more, more vicious. And then he's actively kicking John Moxley to death it was such an amazing moment. It reminded me so much of when OC was watching Chris Statlander wrestle and he just screamed at her, get up, get in the ring, beat the count, beat the count. Like Orange Cassidy is so good with character work. This dude is not just a one trick pony. He is so fucking good. These two beat the hell out of each other. Orange Cassidy was a bloody pulp. And it was, a, it was a great way to cap off his outstanding international championship run. Moxley now is your new international champion. I hope to see him do great things with it. Um, and yeah, this was a great, fun match that was pretty brutal. Uh, and a great way to close out. A outstanding pay-per-view, considering everything that you know, I've I've still mentioned everything like that, everything surrounding this. This show was just what AEW. This gives me so much confidence that the future is bright. If you listen to our previous episode uh where we talked about everything, like I was disheartened, I was depressed, I was genuinely concerned for like how this would affect AEW. And if anything that these guys and girls have shown you is that there's still so much talent on this roster and this company is still so capable of doing amazing pro wrestling on a week-to-week basis. And, like, again, the stri- the streak of AEW pay-per-views that I've been to, I've not been to a single bad one. And not even one that was just okay, I feel like. Every AEW pay-per-view has been top-tier level stuff for me. And, like, it just... It continues to enforce, like, I still love AEW so much. They are my favorite wrestling company. Back when I thought last year was when Punk was gone, I said, I'm not bailing on AEW. They are my favorite wrestling company, just like I'm not bailing on CM Punk. I am never bang- bailing on AEW with if they keep doing shows like this, because this show was spectacular on Cage match. really was listed by fans as the second highest rated AEW pay-per-view of all time only behind All Out 2021 where Danielson and Adam Cole first debuted in AEW. So, I can say that I've been to two of the best AEW shows of all time. Like I'm I'm blessed. I'm straight up blessed.
2: Yeah. Uh back to back I mean back to back Sundays. I went to back to back shows, back to back man. Yeah. Uh, I saw my team win the match in front of the largest audience, for one of the largest audiences in wrestling history. I then saw, yeah, my faction in that match went, you know, to in that show went two and zero. Um, and then in the next week, I watched another match with three matches that I saw was amazing. And then Blackpool Combat Club went undefeated, and it was and it was great. And it was like it was something for everybody. Uh, MJF is something we've never seen in wrestling. Um, and I did mention this, it was so joke, and I I don't say this lightly, but I feel like wrestling is such a wonderful and hilarious thing that I was like, man, Hitler could do a face turn. Like you, if you think about (laughs) all the bad stuff MJF has done. All the bad stuff in wrestling MJF has done. He literally dressed as the devil, took the title, cheated, hurt people. May Warlow basically is slave. All the things he's done. And now he's one of the most over people ever. It's like, dude, wrestling is weird. Like, wrestling yeah, is weird, so- right? It is it, it's, it's weird. When people are like, oh, I don't can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, I you know, they be like, I can't believe it. I'm like, wrestling is one of those things I I am a person I can get bored with things wrestling is so unique and so different in times it makes it very hard to get boring and it's just like the fact that MJF like there should be a documentary on like all the bad things he's done in AEW and now he's like super over as this I know. person and he's still like I'm a dick but I'm gonna be your dick <laughs> that kind of thing and it's just like it's, it's just crazy how wrestling works again yeah. TK doesn't miss and people are like oh you go over around the country go around the world and I'm like dude if you go around the country you go around the world and keep getting your money's worth they never make you regret to the travel they never make you regret the hotel they never make you regret the meet and greets and stuff like that why wouldn't you spend your money on something that always delivers AW yes. when it comes to pay-per-views they always deliver I mean the dynamites oh, and, can be hit to hit or miss. But even a bad dynamite is not really that bad. It's just kinda okay. That's what a bad dynamite is. It's okay. And it like in a pay per view's and they just it, it's like I don't think anyone that understands the value of a pay per view and what it does better than Tony Khan. Because again, you can put the injuries out. You can take you can take their most popular wrestler away. But on that Sunday or Saturday, whatever they do for four hours, they are gonna take you on another level of professional wrestling. And it's amazing and it makes me happy to be an AEW fan. I'm like, dude, there's a whole bunch of thing reasons that you know I could be down on it or whatever, but that pay-per-view just did everything to cement why we do this show why we're the proclivity for positivity, why we tend to uh, focus on things we like and not things we don't. Because every week, every week when I watch AEW, there is more things I like than I don't. It is clearly 80-20 most of the time. And they they hit a home run. I don't, like I said, I don't know if anyone from that company ever listens to that show, uh, listens to this show. But dude, Every time I go to a pay-per-view, I am not just happy to be an AEW fan. I am proud to be an AEW fan. They knock it out the park.
3: Yeah. Every time. Every time. One last thing I want to mention from All Out, though. Shout out to uh, Eddie Kingston for the Claudio Sucks Egg uh, t-shirt. Shout out Terry Funk. Uh, That was a lovely thing to see in his match, I will say. I I forgot to mention it, though, but I wanted to mention that. So, Yeah. We're going to quickly move through uh, AEW Dynamite, though, from this past uh, day. Like, like I said, we recorded right after Dynamite. Um, this is a promo-focused uh, AEW Dynamite. Most of the matches were mostly like solid and solid Dynamite matches. Uh, of course, this was the start of the Grand Slam uh, World Title Eliminator Tournament where the winner challenges MJF at AEW Grand Slam. Uh, So we had two of those matches. Uh, We're going to have two on Rampage, and then we're going to have two on Collision. Uh, So first off, Orange Cassidy came out with wonderful uh, responses from the AEW fans after he lost the title, and he said, thank you. They told me to stay home, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Championship or no championship, I will be here every single week because I am freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and I do not have a catchphrase. So basically being like, you know, he's beat up, he's hurt. But he's not going anywhere because, goddamn it! He, I mean, the way that he talked about how much he loves the fans of AEW and how they're going to be the guys that keep him around in AEW more than just going anywhere else makes me super happy. Because again, Orange Cassidy's just
2: Listen, a just a peach. And you know, but he still stays true to the original Orange Cassidy ca- uh, ca- uh, character. Always, always. Yes, the I, how I do not have a catchphrase has become a catchphrase. Like he's like, and I, everybody's like, do not have a catchphrase screaming along, and I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, good job, good job, you made it. I do not did have work, work on that one. Yes, yeah. you the made it. Solid. Yeah, like yeah, it's like, dude, minimal effort is over, and it's so crazy, but he can turn it on when it's time to turn it on.
3: Yeah, um, we then had the first match of the night, John Moxley's first title defense. Of the international championship against Ar Fox, and uh, there was a point where Fox jumped over the top rope, knocking out Moxley and getting a couple near falls. But then Moxley threw him in the barricade, and then Moxley uh, fought out of a cutter, and then proceeded to, after he got hit with a uh, moonsault and a 450 splash, he's like, "Nope, you're done. I'm gonna elbow you to death, hit you with the King Kong Lariat and Death Rider, and pin you to pin you right afterwards." So Ar Fox takes the loss. And then Darby Allen checks in on him afterwards because he can't. And then Nick Wayne, he was watching backstage uh, because they were facing off in the main event. And then Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come over to him and goes, "Uh, you know, first of all, you know, you know, I said I didn't know much about your dad. uh, So I went and watched back all of his stuff and he's even worse than I thought. And uh, he said, look, you clearly didn't have a real mentor. If you want a true mentor. You should be looking over at me, not Darby, not your father, me. And then he said, oh, and say hi to your mom for me to close that out. Menace, absolute fucking menace, Christian Cage. This on top of the fact, have you seen that StarCast video that's been going around of Christian Cage with that little girl? Who had a toy AW Championship, and he takes her belt and poses with both of them? (laughs) Like... Oh, my God, I love Christian so much, dude. I've I've been talking so much about how much how good Christian is, and I keep thinking back, dude. I keep thinking back to when he first debuted in AEW, and he got the most lukewarm reaction ever, and I was losing my mind over Christian being in AEW, and I am vindicated for it. I was saying how good Christian could be for AEW, and I am being for it. Right. He's one of the top heels in the company.
2: I, I mean, that's, that's true, but TK, TK, uh... I get it, but still, chill. he kind of set still. him up for failure that day. I'm like, hey, I'm not like I said, you know me in TK, I trust, but I was at that show and it was like, you should have heard the names people <laughs> saying. I blame wrestling fans for that. Y'all get yourselves too hyped up and then disappear. No, that, that, no, no, that's not on wrestling fans. If you're the guy that does it and you know wrestling fans are going to go extreme, you keep those expectations low. And then you deliver, nah. Yeah, nah. yeah, But again, like I said, it was funny to me because like, like, no, everybody, everybody knew Christian was great. Even then, it wasn't that they didn't think Christian was great. It was just that they thought like. I'm just using this name because I don't remember the rumors then. They thought Stone Cold Steve Austin was walking out that door. It wasn't. like, And it was Christian. And Christian is one of those people that is, until you see him, he's underappreciated a lot. No one thinks of Christian as one of the best wrestlers and character workers of all time, even though he is, even though he does make everything work, even though he can be a great face and he can be a great heel and all that kind of stuff. Even though he can do everything well, it almost gets lost on you. He's such a utility player that it almost gets lost on you because he's not bad well, at hope, anything. And I hope now at least that's 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 that it's uh,
3: that uh, fans uh, realize uh, that. Uh, yeah. And like I said, uh, I, I genuinely uh, I genuinely popped so hard when Christian came out because I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Because I looked back at some of the stuff Christians done over his career, and again. People right. love Edge, and I love, and I love Edge. Please come to AEW. But, uh, dude, Christian is on the same, like, close to the same level as Edge for me, straight up. Like, those two are, like, there for
2: me. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, I know, no, I completely agree with you. It's just, it was just like, it was, just, you had me flashback because, you know, I was at the oh, show. Sure. In oh, sure, oh, sure. At the show in the, uh, in, in uh, covid protocol and yeah and it was just like literally probably the worst seat I've ever set at an AEW show cause you know <laughs> they only had so many like lower sure, yeah, I, we, yeah. I was up there and I was like oh god and then they announced Christian and I was like oh yeah Christian Cage right and then cause they used the old music and everybody else was kinda like womp womp and that was just <laughs> that was just the the vibe through the whole show they like yeah it was Christian and I'm excited them but you know that kind of thing yeah whatever.
3: <laughs> uh we then had a tbs championship open challenge match between chris statlander and emmy sakura uh it was good to see I emmy mean, she hasn't been on dynamite since like 2019 like it's been years since we've seen emmy sakura on like an actual like like episode of dynamite uh and uh, it was good to see her uh she took the loss of course yeah um yeah. but i love the more so the thing that came out of this was the fact that you know Soraya actually came out to Queen at All In. Emi Sakura would come out to Queen-related stuff, like for her entrance with her fake uh, We Will Rock You. Soraya came out to the actual
2: one so. yeah so you know maybe they're building something there look that feud yeah no like saraya sent like a nasty tweet out tonight oh about, i saw
3: she like straight yeah. up flipped her off i think
2: yeah and said she was never gonna uh be in uh london you'll so. never
3: walk out to queen
2: uh, yes and so if emmy does not walk out the queen next year in london <clears throat> that is a failure on tony Khan's part straight up yeah uh
3: There was a Roderick Strong promo with the kingdom where he said wrestling gave him an opportunity to be something he wasn't. Uh, No one was judging me for what my parents were not doing. Professional wrestling is not just a business to me. It's my everything. But Adam Cole already knew that. I grew up alone, and I'm going to win this Grand Slam tournament alone. If that's the case, why the fuck are you still begging for Adam Cole to notice you, Sam senpai? With him still coming like... After the uh, segment with MJF, which we'll talk about, and he comes out with the kingdom and he's screaming at them and everything like that. And I'm just like, you say that, but you clearly want Mr. Senpai Adam Cole's attention.
2: Well, sir, you're either. I don't know how to say which role we are, but we are Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. And when you can do magic together, right, you know, you know, you prefer to be in the group than be alone. Like I could do this show by myself. It would suck. (laughs) <laughs> but I could do this show by myself. I don't want to. <laughs> but I'd rather Married have up. my good friend Austin with me. And Married that's how it Married is. Married 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 is. Roderick Strong's a great singles wrestler. But God, when Undisputed Era was going, oh, that oh, was magical. That was I remember magical. I
3: was in the building when he first joined Undisputed Era.
2: Dude. So that, I just said that was like one of those moments. I don't know if they... I don't know if you can trademark a hand sign, but it was like, dude, don't you remember this? And I was like, man, why won't Roger Throne show up to UE? Like, what happened to this kind of thing? It would just be such a good moment on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. But we then had Les Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Ozzy Opened. Uh, this was uh, probably... Uh, think this might have been the best match of the night of for dynamite i would say these guys were doing a damn good job and aussie open was
2: killing it a grumpy tag team wrestling fan floyd hates that aussie opens losing so much i know i know oh I know. my god it's just like this i'm is right the, there with you
3: Scots right haven't teamed up in forever but they get the win over aussie open
2: we're doing the best tag teams in the world like literally, New Japan, New Japan, Strong ROH Champion, all this year they've lost to a double clothesline and an elbow. Like literally, everybody's beat Chris Jericho. Action and Jerry came, again, didn't lose to uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, 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 Aussie Open, one of the best tag teams in the world, loses to the uh, Lay Sex Gods. It's very annoying. I feel like there's a. I mean, I love. I get what they're doing to a point. Because they're putting Aussie Open on TV every week. They're letting fans get to know who they are. They're letting the audience get comfortable with what they are. I feel like that's what they're doing because they're literally on TV every week, which is great. But you tell your audience what someone is, right? And right now, you're telling your audience that Aussie Open's are losers.
3: Yeah. Um I, I hope Aussie and, Open gets some wins under their yeah, belts because they're they yeah. so good, and they yeah, were doing they, such great stuff in yeah. this match.
2: They're uh, they're exceptional, and they are they are they are really like I like I I don't even think good is good enough because w- like when they sold for MJF and Adam Cole at all in it was like super over the top. And they made them look good, and in this match, they made uh, Jericho and Sammy look good. But it's just like. You you hired this blue chip tag team and you bring them in and they lose. That doesn't make sense to me, right? No,
3: but either way, uh, after the match was over, after uh, Jericho hit the Judas Effect on Kyle Fletcher, Sammy though <clears throat> shoves uh, Chris Jericho because this came after uh, uh, Chris Jericho the accidentally yeah hit him Jericho twice. hit him with yeah accidentally uh, hit him twice yes and J- Sammy was pissed off about it, and they shoved each other
2: and, um, and Don was on commentary for this match, saying he's like a he's like a serial killer. he likes to come back and uh, uh come back and look at his victims, but you know, I feel like there's an ulterior motive here,
3: yeah, a little bit um so basically oh, excuse me um a w security separates the two Sammy walks away and yeah. It seemed like uh some problems stemming there and Don Callis is just gritting grinning from ear to ear from all of this. Um
2: and uh just, they had just felt like the tag team could have been bear country or something, yeah. Yeah, like it could have been like it could have been anyone else. It didn't have to be Aussie open. But again, T V time is at a premium in AEW. Absolutely. So the fact that those two are on TV—that's this—is me pulling the positive out of it. The fact that yeah. those two For are on right TV, now, yeah.
3: We like seeing Aussie mm-hmm. Open on TV. Yes. We want them to win more. Yes. Just please give us what we want. Yeah. Um. Then Don Cowson, Takeshita, real quick, said that they beat Kenny Omega twice in seven days, and they're gonna have a celebration next week, as well as unveiling their next target with a uh,
2: a new painting
3: uh, covered up.
2: I hope it's then, I hope it's down Moxley.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's who I want it to be.
3: Um, yes. Then MJF comes out and talks to uh, uh, "Who's your country? Uh, who's your daddy?" like that, uh, and talks about how he's wrestling at Grand Slam, which he calls the Devil's Den. And talks about whoever wins that Grand Slam tournament is going to find out the hard way that no one is on the level of the devil. But there's one person that needs to be taught a lesson. And Samoa Joe comes out being like, I was in the back. heard a little piss and vinegar. I wanted a front row seat. What seems to be the problem, kid? And he's like, kid, don't call me kid. Because you must have confused my entrance for an ice cream truck. And uh, he's like, that's good. But to be quite honest, last time I had anything to do with an ice cream truck... It was when I was the being busy being the biggest star of the company's other network. Um, people think that is focused strictly on a WWE dig. I mean, it does mention it. That was a Twisted Metal reference, guys. Like,
2: come on, don't overthink this shit too hard. Oh, straight up. Oh, because he was in the ice cream truck in Twisted Metal. I, yeah. didn't, I did not put two and two together. I was, it I was, was a
3: Twisted Metal because he's sweet toothed.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no.
3: he's twisted, it's in twisted metal, so just get that right. But uh, either way, he's like, I'm genuinely concerned, so what's the problem, kid? He's like, That's twice, that's twice you called me kid, but I'm pretty creative myself, though, because you're creative. Uh, And he calls him Pillsbury Joe Boy, Samoa Doe, uh, which you know, little tit for tat, like he he, like you know, doing a little bit of jokes for jokes, but eventually he says kid again, and he's like, MJF says. You call me kid one more time, I'm knocking your teeth down your throat. But he goes like, you know what? That's how you want me to react. You want to skip the line, but there's a whole tournament if you want to wrestle the champ. And he said he then goes down and talks about the story. When he was 19 years old, trying out for WWE, mentioned William Regal, and then talked about how he knocked his British ass packing and sent him back to NXT where he belongs. And Joe, if you play your cards right, you're next. And I was just like... (sighs) that that was some vicious venom uh and then he said i was told i was gonna be security walking a wrestling legend down the aisle walking and meeting the great samoa joe and you decided to take a 19 year old kid who was trying to do his job and you shoved me into a brick wall and you laughed and he's like i know why you did that though because i know how scumbags work and how they think you did it because i was a kid and you could get away with it But he's full grown now and the AEW world champion, the best wrestler on God's green earth. And he headlined the most historic pay per view of all time. So he said, I'd stay out of my way if I were you, or else I'm going to kill you. And then Samoa Joe proceeds to be like, I didn't think of a kid, like, I didn't think of you as a kid when I pushed you. I thought of you, I thought you were a little bitch. And Joe was like, uh, I'm not going to – Joe gets slapped by MJF, and he's like, you're trying to provoke me. I'm not taking your belt. I'm going to go through that tournament and beat everyone in it and then come for you. He said, have a nice day. MJF walks through the ropes, and Joe kicks the ropes in in between and then knocks knocks him down, starts beating him down. And uh, MJF then gets a low blow on him, but eventually, uh, as they're fighting, he looks for the muscle buster. Adam Cole sprints, evens the odds. Joe leaves and just says, like – Next time, I'm, 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 you might not be so lucky because I'm going to try to rip that arm off and then just goes,
1: bitch!
3: And I'm like, there's the new meme for the next few days. I feel like Joe just saying bitch like that. And then Roderick Strong comes out with the kingdom and starts screaming at Adam Cole, just screaming and screaming screaming at Adam Cole as we moved into his match with Trent Beretta for the elimination tournament uh, for the Grand Slam World Title uh, eliminator match. Uh... Yeah, this promo was outstanding. I love me Joe on the microphone. Like, whenever you put Samoa Joe on a microphone, it's always quality. MJF and Joe going at it. Like, I'm super intrigued by this feud. It gives me a lot of excitement seeing how this is going to turn out.
2: So, this is going to be MJF's first feud as a quote-unquote babyface. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with it. Like it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it and how, uh, how this works. Um, Samoa so Joe, I, I was saying on my, uh, my uh, Facebook group that I'm in has been basically playing the same character for 20 years. Yes. And whether it's bad guy, good guy, tweener, he's been playing the same guy. He's the best bully in wrestling. And and like tonight, the, the fact that he bullied MJF. He was unaffected by bullying MJ, MJF. came with his barbs, never even changed his expression. But when it's time to go down, Joe's always ready. Joe is a, one of those people. Wins and losses really don't matter when it comes to Samoa. Now, he has reached this level Where he's always considered a threat. You could always put your title on him. And yeah, now it's coming down to Samoa Joe. It looks like eventually we're going to get with Samoa Joe and MJF. I honestly, personally, I'm at this point where I don't want Samoa Joe and MJF at uh, Grand Slam. I want it at full gear. I would like to, I think it's such a hot feud. I'd like to build to a bigger moment. But we're going to see what they do with this tournament, but I, I just, I just felt like there was some electricity there and I feel like the longer you make us wait on Joe versus MJF, the better it is.
3: I, I do agree with that. Um, Trent Beretta and Roger strong did a solid enough match, which ended with Roderick getting the victory. I love that he took his neck brace off for the match and then put it back on after he won. That was so stupid, but I loved it. Um, other than that, it was a solid enough match. I would say, I don't really have too much else to add to it.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, it, in the nineties, they always had these people that would fake the injuries in the car wreck. And like they get in a car, a f- fender bender, like, and then they just throw on the neck brace. They'd already have the neck brace ready. That's what Roderick Strong's character is reminded me of. Now he's obviously not hurt, but he's trying to use it to get sympathy. And it's hilarious. Yeah, no, for real.
3: Um, we then had, uh, uh, I mentioned before the R- Tony Storm interview where she was like, "It's a blur. I don't remember anything about the uh, about the spray paint incident." But I have to mention the chin up, tits out, and. Watch out for the shoe. So she walks
2: away and throws the shoe at re, her shoe at Renee. Pan. I, I, all I can say is Renee. She warned you. She literally said, "I'm about to throw a shoe at you." In essence, yeah,
3: you just literally were looking, and then a shoe came your way, and you freaked out. I mean, she avoided it. I will say, and she, she said, "Watch it. out
2: for the shoe." I'm like, she she did nicer than uh, anybody else was. She let. I you mean, know to be shrew.
3: fair, she said "tits out," and I didn't hear anything afterwards.
2: <laughs> I I laughed at that and then she said watch out for the shoe. I was like, Oh, she's about to throw a shoe at her and then she did. It was hilarious.
3: I love Tony Storm to death. I have to say that's again. She's so good. I love this character she's doing.
2: It's yeah I so interesting. I honestly didn't know you could say tits on T V. Fair I, enough. I really didn't. And it's just like like AEW has shown me you can say a lot of words that I didn't know you could say on TV. I
3: guess so, yeah. Um we got Hangman Adam Page getting interviewed in the ring uh, talking about his, uh, battle, his trip to the Battle Royal uh, as he booked a flight and won the match uh, to donate $50,000 to teachers. And he said, uh, you know, the shout out to teachers and how they're understaffed, underpaid, underappreciated, and everyone should give more appreciation to teachers. And uh, he talks about how he wants to do what he wants to do with the last few months of 2023. Prince Nana and Swerve Strickland come out. And Swerve sort of goes, you know, being in a coffin for almost two weeks, you get a little bit of the clarity. And the first person I thought of as I got out was you. And it's like, what are you, some kind of mascot for AEW? It's like charity. You're doing charity for Chicago children that are juvenile delinquents that are gonna flunk out anyway. And I was just like, God damn, Swerve, sort of, what the hell? Like, what you just went full fuck them kids? And he's like, you know. And card for all out compete all out for competing any championships he said when aw started you were the cornerstone you were handpicked to mean the franchise player and you were former aw world tag team champion former world champion and now you're on pre-shows it's like yeah you, you lost your spot or you don't even want it anymore it seems so you got a contract extension so you've been eating good and it's been showing. and he's like it's been showing it's gonna be like you got a gut now and he goes you don't have singles matches or promos on dynamite. You don't even have title matches. You took a backseat to the elite who we went full driver's seat. It said, "Everything you've been handed on a silver platter." And if I would have gotten the opportunities you got a year ago, I would have been the first black world, first black AEW world champion right now. And I was just like,
2: "Wow." So, I'm I'm going to take this in a weird way that because I I like to compare everything to other forms of entertainment. So, have you saw the you seen the Dark Knight Rises, the last of the Dark Knight trilogy, yes. right? And there's Bane when he gets into the f- the first fight with Bruce Wayne, Batman, right? And he's mm-hmm. kind of cutting a promo on him, right? Yes. This was Swerve's Bane. Uh, brain, brain. You promo. merely
3: adopted the dog. Yes, I
2: was molded. Success by. has been success has been your greatest failure or weakness. It was like he t- basically like, dude. I have had this conversation with you. I've had this conversation with other people like Hangman. I didn't know what happened to Hangman. I was like, Hangman was the featured guy in this company. Like. Double or nothing, not this year, but last year, he loses the world title. There have been other titles introduced. This dude is nowhere near any of them. He is yep. because I was like, I even said he had been relegated back to the elite sidekick. These are things I've said in the last two weeks. Swerve delivered this again. And I'm going to say this something I don't use very often because I think everything can be better. This was the perfect villain promo. The perfect. Down to the point he where... He absolutely <clears throat> ripped him apart. Yes. Like, five star... Like, if you talk about... End up talking about promos of the year at the end of the year, and this is not in like your top three, I don't want to hear, you, uh, uh, hear your list. This was amazing. Even to the point where he threatened him, you don't want it with me. Because I have no regard for your life. I do not care at all. Even that was just like, it was just dagger after dagger after dagger after. Just verbal, just verbal, this is a verbal like... And (laughs) Hangman's
3: response is literally like, go to the back and you can get it, but I'm done with this. And he walks away, and then sort of just goes... It's a shame your wife and kid got to see their husband father, and father walk away from more responsibilities. Dude, what? This dude, this dude pull out. Th- dude, th- Swerve <laughs> is absolutely vicious. If oh, that uh, Nick Wayne segment didn't tell you that already, like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Swerve dude,
2: is vicious. Good night, good night, bang. That's what he did. He put, hey, he put the horse down in a promo. I'm like, good lord. Uh, I'll do it. I I uh, I started messaging a friend because I is like my legitimate. This is like my like visceral reaction that this is might have been one of the best like segment promos. I don't know because I don't know if he counted as one promo because he was just cutting him in so many different just directions. Going and going, going and going going. Like this was one of the best things ever. This is how you start a rivalry. Out yeah. like everybody will be like, oh, this kind of came out of nowhere. It did but if someone comes at you like that it's immediately personal this is immediately a fight that we have to have someone comes at a grown man like swerve just came we have to fight there is no talking it out there's no being the bigger man we have to fight swerve and hangman have to fight and oh my yeah i just like dude dude Hat off to swerve uh hats off for hangman for letting this man go in on him like that i'm <laughs> like uh, straight up dude. and just yeah. kind of taking like, it you know sometimes people will have to feel like they need to get their thing in to and still try to look cool no he stood there and fucking took it and man i, I not even enough words. I was exci- as excited about this promo as I was about the Kenny Omega and Takesta match. Like, that's how, like, uh, on the level of this promo was to me. Yeah. For real. Um, moving
3: in, though, to the main event, uh, Darby Allen versus Nick Wayne. Uh, Darby, again, trying to kill himself, literally flies out of the bottom rope underneath the middle and bottom rope and, like, fucking does a full flip and, like, over his head and, like, They used pretty much the entirety of picture-to-picture to to make sure he wasn't dead. Um, But these guys did a damn good job. And at one point, though, as they're knocking each other, Darby takes a mic and goes, you hit, like, an 18-year-old. Hit me like you really want to win this. Which I was like, fucking hell. All right, damn. Uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus then at one point walked onto the ramp and joined joined the uh, commentators in between the match. Uh, They... uh, they did a damn good job too, uh, in this entire match, though. Uh, Nick actually was able to hit the Last Supper pinfall, which was really cool. But eventually, though, Darby hits code re- the code red, gets a close two count, but then takes his arms and basically puts him like back behind his head and then just starts kicking his head repeatedly. And then they call the match right then and there. And Darby moves on and, you know... The protege uh, still uh, hasn't surpassed uh, the teacher yet, at least in that matter. Dude, uh, but so, it was a great performance from Nick Wayne.
2: So this dude's like, like hesitant to hit the uh, hesitant to hit the coffin drop, but pulls his arms behind his head and kicks him in the head. Yeah, I am yeah, thinking he you know. would have rather took the coffin drop. I think <laughs> no, honestly he would rather have taken that. Yes, they're like, come on they're like it was just this fl- switch flipped in Darby and he's trying to he's trying to beat him, and he's trying to teach him a lesson that, you know, people aren't gonna take it easy on him. Uh I I lo- I liked it. Uh I li- I liked this match. Uh Nick Wayne i mean, He has a bright future ahead of him, like you know, and he's 19 or he's 18 at this point. So, yeah, uh, him taking losses and all this stuff, no big deal, right? Because you're not what you're doing with Nick Wayne isn't about him right now. It's about him at 25. It's about when he's MJF Slade being the face of your company or one of the faces of your company so this is the building blocks of nick wayne this is the development this is the his origin story so yeah he's going to take some mails yeah he's not going to look the best and that's but that's what they're building and yeah he's going to be kind of corrupted christians over here is going to be the devil on the shoulder saying you know do do you really want to be with him be with me i i i train killers i train winners you know, Darby is a nice guy, you know, but he's not a killer kind of thing. And right, and you, you see this is where this story going, and it's very intriguing. And I feel like there's a lot of threads that were there are a lot of things that were set up tonight that's going to make the next few months of AEW very interesting.
3: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, and that was AEW Dynamite from this uh, from this past from t- from this past night. Um, in terms of what was announced for uh, uh, AEW Rampage, of course, we're gonna have a couple more matches in the uh, Eliminated Tournament for uh, Grand Slam. Um, it's gonna have uh, Penta El Zero Metal versus uh, Jay White. Uh, can't remember the other ones off top of my head, at least right now. Uh,
2: have and the wit- I'll have them yeah. just a second. So yep, we uh, we got Pinna versus Jay Lethal. And then we have Samoa Joe. Did I say and Jay
3: Jeff- Lethal or did I say Jay White?
2: I think you said Jay White. Oops, yeah, I meant Jay then, Lethal. And then we got Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy.
3: Yep, so then those two. And then the winners of those two matches will face uh, Darby Allen and uh roderick strong in on collision uh we're gonna get the young bucks versus uh oh God, who are they facing again uh the uh, young bucks are facing uh daddy magic and daddy cool magic Hint- and,
2: and and cool and cool hand Ange.
3: yes uh so there's that
2: so yeah, and they're putting the young bucks on Friday, so they are trying to get that audience to rampage up, and you know they're trying to get some big names on the different shows.
3: Now that you supposedly don't have any problems with like interchanging locker rooms again, so Dude, and hopefully this means hopefully this means that like you know you get to actually get some good talent on these shows because
2: I mean you know, I mean we want to give, give them support. I mean, let's be real. Collision took a hit, took a hit. I mean, well, collision is a ship without a captain. Yeah, it was a number that was going down, kinda anyway. And football season was coming, and. Yeah. The week before football season is like, and you it was remember.
3: also the, it was also competing against the WWE pay per view as well. Yeah,
2: and the, yeah, and that before that, the head of your ship is gone. You know, I am not even talking about whose fault it is. This is a fact. Like the face of that show is gone, and it's like a lot of reasons that people were tuning into that show is gone. So you better start putting on killer shows on Saturdays. Yeah. Straight up. I yeah, just I mean, I, 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 it's it's got a, it's got a, it's it's all hands on deck. It's it, it's like you, we talk about the locker room being united now and all that kind of stuff. We're gonna see on Saturday. We're gonna see on how the ratings are because now they have like you know, they have still five hours of television and they have yeah. to put on five hours of compelling television every week. And they got to give people a reason not to turn it on just the Saturday college football game of the week and just leave their TV on there. Come watch uh, AEW Wrestling. Uh, it's a challenge. I think they're up to it. I uh, too. TK, I trust, as always. And, you know, there's a little tag team that I kind, I'm kind of fond of. That is featured on Saturday night. So uh, long as they're there, well, long as AEW's there. there, I'm there. But long as they're there, you know, I ain't. I'm not watching anything else. It's funny because I'm buying a rolling TV stand Friday so I can have football on and wrestling on on Saturday night. There you go. Yeah. All I- right. Yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of
3: All Things Elite. Um, again, I had a blast. It all out. I love how everything turned out for that show. Um, and I'm excited for, I'm still very excited for AEW's future. Like I said, this show is the proclivity for positivity. We've put a bow on everything. There's nothing more else that we need to talk about on the negative side of things, unless it affects TV. Um, and I think there's still so much to be excited for in AEW. Um, and I, and that's coming from a guy whose favorite wrestler got fired. So if I can say that there's still more exciting things to look forward to for AEW, I think you can too. So I would encourage people to you know, let everything go and just try to enjoy the wrestling because I think there's so much to enjoy right now. Um, so that's all I have to say on the mat. Please continue to download this fine show on Google Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and also leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. Follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible, uh, and check out all the other shows they have on their network as well. I am at Austin Sumowitz S Z U M O W I C Z and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I know I cut off my boy uh, as he as I was doing the little spiel, but I will say to you, my good friend, best of luck to you uh, as people are listening to this tonight. NFL season starts. We kick off the whole thing. I'm very excited that we get to start the NFL season, our two teams going at it. Uh, May the best team win. I'm being very true on that. And I hope to come back next week and rub it in your face that the Lions beat the Chiefs. So So, I will pass it off to Floyd
2: so he can take us on on this episode of All Things Elite. So I will match your kindness with flat-out content. I can't wait to destroy your team and laugh out loud yes. after we win by 100 because we are Kansas City Chiefs. We are your reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions, and you're the Lions that don't even know where the Super Bowl is this year. So – um when we go on for as we move on to other things that are more important than uh, chiefs uh, knocking out their lightweight i would like to say thank you to everyone that listens to this show thank you for supporting us uh we do definitely try to bring the positive side to things uh you know i don't even like being negative i really don't i i, I really I, I love AEW so much Austin loves AEW so much we, we just want to focus on what we enjoy every week and we hope you can do that uh, as far as online uh, yeah be nice to people I, I, I say it all the time and it's just like it really is that simple it's like oh someone says something and you can either say something really mean or you can say nothing nothing at all don't say anything at all and then and, and, and some people you see something you're like dude I can say something really nice say the nice thing there's there's nothing hard. I, 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 I say this all the time, that I love wrestling pretty much more than anything on this earth. It, it gives me pure joy. And to all the people that f- get anger and everything out of wrestling, please find something you enjoy as much as I enjoy wrestling. Because guess what? When you find a thing, whatever it is that you enjoy as much as I love wrestling, then you want everybody to be happy you want everybody to be in a good place now if the thing you enjoy as much as i enjoy wrestling is pissing people off and making them angry it does suck but whatever go with god that's all i can say because i do know people get pleasure out of that they get pleasure out of pissing people off that's not my bag that's not my cup of tea i just really do want everybody to be happy. I honestly feel like Austin feels the same way. That's why this show works the way it does. So treat people well. Do your best. Support AEW. It's all. It's one company. It's three shows. It's one company. Even more than ever. It needs to be one company, and we need to stay vigilant. It was something I said so many times when the show started. Stay vigilant. Stay vigilant. But now that we're in this area where it could you know, kind of be a dark cloud over AEW if you want to, stay vigilant. Stay connected. Support all the AEW products. Support all the AEW shows. Support as many wrestlers as you can. Buy as much merch as you can. Do not go to the bathroom doing women's matches. And with that being said... Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.
1: Say goodbye